0: We bring blessings to you this morning in Christ's name. It's good to be back with you. It's been a while since we were here, and I was trying to think if I missed a time or something through COVID. I don't know, but it seems like quite a while I've been here. But it's good to be back with you and share together in Sunday school. And aren't we blessed to have a God that won the race of life? I'm going to talk to you about the race of life today. We could say our journey of life, but the Bible talks about the race of life. talks about it several places in Scripture, and I'd like to look at some of that and think about our journey. It is a blessing to think how Christ came and died for us. He won the victory, and I believe... He won the victory in the garden when he prayed and he asked God. The disciples slept, and I'm certainly not saying I would do any better, but um, maybe it would have made a difference if they had prayed as Jesus did. He won the battle there. The race of life. We think about a race, and Paul talks about the race uh, of, games that they had in his time, uh, thinking about someone having a race, winning or losing. The winner says, I'm good, but not as good as I ought to be. I can see places where I could make some difference and maybe be better, could have done better. The loser says, I'm not as bad as I as a lot of other people, you know, we begin to look around and we say, we start comparing ourselves with others and we say, yeah, I lost, but wow, look at this person, that person, other people. The winner goes through a problem, the loser goes around the problem and never gets past it. What we need to do is look at the problem that we have and not go around it. We need to go through it. If we think about, and many times as I was studying, I thought about um, all the armor that we have listed in Scripture is all shields for the front of the body. There's nothing for the back necessarily unless the helmet does but we have to face the enemy we have to face uh, the problem that we have and walk through it God will help us life in this world the way it is today it looks like we may have to stand for some things that we haven't had to really answer for at times and maybe the time will come when we have to answer. And somebody said in Sunday school, how would we do if we were faced with, with some of the things that Peter was? Well, there may become a time that we, we are. And we, it's easily to become burdened, discouraged, or maybe even depressed about the things that uh, happen to us or things that we have gone through. Many have had suffering, loss, maybe huge losses. And it really seems like life stops at that point. But it doesn't. When your health is failing, when your dreams are crashed. uh, Lifelong people that you loved are gone. Uh, things crumble around you. Perhaps you become cynical and have lost hope. There is hope. God is there. God will see us through. Some seasons of life seem like they can be a series of twists and turns that we didn't expect and dead-end roads uh, that we come to. God gives us each a race to run. To finish well, we must develop uh, Perseverance, we need to develop in our life. The Christian life is not a hundred meter dash, but a marathon requiring patience, endurance, and discipline. As in games, a lot of times there's only one winner, but in the life, the race of life, we can all win. The race of life is given to us, our life that we have is given to us, and we must live it. How do we find the strength to finish well is the question that I have going through some of the studies here that I did. We are required to live our life. We didn't ask to come here. We didn't choose the time we came here. We didn't... Choose what family we lived in, what country we were born into. We didn't choose those things. We are not really responsible for our entrance. We had nothing to do with that. But we are responsible in what condition our spiritual life is when we exit this life. We have a choice in that. As I said, we didn't, we didn't ask for the homes that we were born in, and quite honestly, I think if we look around, we see different homes, different kinds of homes, broken homes, dysfunctional homes. We see homes that are truly blessed. And I'll have to say, I, just, I had a gift with mom and dad. We had a home that it was loving, it was kind. I had a beautiful home, and I thank God for it. What a huge difference it makes when we have a home where mom and dad love each other, and they love their children, and they look out for the best of them. Versus a home where things are not well. What a huge difference that makes. So, but I would like to say God has a plan for you and God has a plan for me. And yes, he placed us wherever we are. And one thing for sure, we were born in the sin nature, with a sin nature, but he did not intend for us to leave this world with a sinful state. But with that, we should leave in peace And without spot, blameless before him, that we may enjoy his wonderful heaven that he's prepared for us. And that is open to all of us. Turn with me for the first, uh, where we read about a race of life, 1 Corinthians 9. We'll begin reading in verse 24. This is Paul writing here. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain, and every man that striveth for masteries is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep keep under my body, but I keep under my body and bring it to subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. The spiritual life truly is like a race, and Paul talks about it here, running the race. Sadly, too many people choose not to run the race at all. They don't even try. Not the Christian race, the Christian life. And many confessing Christians, I believe, could be described as running the race, uh, jogging, just jogging along. And then there are those Christians that we could say are more sitting on the sidelines, watching. They're not participating. Where do you fall in line there? Are you running the race? Are you jogging along? Are you sitting on the sidelines wondering what's going to happen next? In other words, life is not a journey without lasting consequences. It does have consequences how we live this life. Uh, We may live our, how we live our life determines our, has eternal consequences. It is a time of space that we have where uh, we prove who we really are. We really do. We prove who we are by the way we live here in our life. It's a proving ground, I guess you could say. Jesus has given us an upward call. He has called us to a life to run for Jesus, receive the crown of righteousness. And all these things hang on our life, who we are, who we trust. Who do we really love when it comes to the life that we live? First John talks about if we love God, we will keep his commandments. If we don't keep his commandments, he doesn't know us. It's very clear there that we must run. We must live our life for Christ. As long as we are in this life, we run. Not as though we have already obtained. And Paul talks about here beating the air. And I know there was something in their races that, uh, and I can't remember exactly what I had read about that, that they simply ended up beating the air rather than fighting. And it was one just beating the air. He didn't, he had a reason for saying that. And people understood it then. But it was not just in vain. Uh, he says there, I would, I therefore so run, not as uncertainty. So fight I, not as one beating the air. He put a lot of effort into it. He put uh, much effort into it. He subjected his body to Do the things that he needed to to keep that Christian life going and moving. The second place that it talks about um, the race is in Hebrews 12, if you want to turn to that. Beginning in verse 1. sat before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest he be weary and faint in your minds. I think I'll stop there. Talks here about seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And I think he he is going back to chapter 11. He's coming from them is what he had just talked about. All the people that went before and have endured and have fought and have run the race and have come out uh, winning. And I think, we, we look at people that we have lived, we have people back here in the graveyard that were a witness to us. A witness of living a life of Christ. And they encourage us. They give us that. And, and Paul was looking back at this as some of the patriarchs and things that happened and how they won, how they were able to overcome Wherefore, seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight that easily besets us. Now, in those races, they actually did use weights. They, when they practiced weight, I mean, practiced for the race, they wore weights. They had weights on their body, and they would practice with the weights, when they got ready to actually do the, the race, they would take those weights off and lay them aside. So Paul was saying here, let us lay aside every weight. And we have, life has things that will weigh us down if we let it. There are things that um, probably all of us could talk about. We each many of us have a story to tell of how our life was, and it would be quite interesting to have people share their testimony. We've done a little bit of that at at Mount Hermon, and it's very interesting to give a, I guess sort of a a run of your life, the journey of your life. I think Velma was one Velma Shank, uh, one of the elderly ladies there. Uh, There's been others, too. Uh, It can be encouraging, but I think each one of us would have a story to tell of how God brought us through some of the hard times of life. Some of us would have a few chapters. Some of us would have many chapters, and I suppose... The many chapters could also be a whole book. And so sometimes these things that we meet in life are real hindrances and can hinder us in a vibrant life in Christ. It it, it can discourage us. It can cause us to doubt. It can cause us to wonder, is God really uh, real? In our lives. But I think as we come through those things, as I said in the beginning, the winner walks through those things. We don't try to go around them and never get there, but we go through those things in life. Sometimes we call it baggage, but you know, I don't really like that thought. Maybe it's true. That we carry baggage, but you know, God has a way of stripping that off. Paul calls it weight that slows us down in our Christian life. And certainly it has an effect on our Christian walk in Christ. Jesus also talked of possessions, he talked about the cares of life, the deceitfulness of riches. It's not just the hard times. It's those things that can draw our attention away that would keep us and weight us down to where we can't make as much progress in our Christian life. Putting God first in the things that we need to. Getting the job done. We need time with God. We need time to... Read, study, and meditate on his word. And Paul also talks about the sin that so easily besets us. How how easy is it for sin to cause us to not be vibrant, to not increase, to not grow in our spiritual life. And we must always guard against it. Sin is an impediment to me reaching my goal. And so I have to get it away from me. I have to get it out of my life. And I, you know, we could stand here and talk about many sins that we might face in life. Many sins that people um, struggle with. But I think the verse is really just talking about A sin that trips you up. Something that you know you might be weak in. Some sins may not tempt you at all. Others get your attention or is a source of temptation and maybe sometimes failure. Let me just say on those sins that easily beset us. It's not worth covering up those sins and allowing them to drag you down. It's hard to confess some sins. Every sin, it's hard to confess. But don't walk around with the weight of that sin in your life, whatever it might be. Confess that thing, strip it off, avoid it at all costs because it will weigh you down, and it will cost you maybe eternity. It will entangle you, trip you, prevent you from having a vibrant life and finishing successfully. We must run with patience. Here's a picture of a a runner settling in for the long haul. A hard race. We never know what we will face in our journey here in life. However, it's not a picture of sitting back and waiting to see what will happen. I don't think it is or what might come our way. It's an active word that speaks of a person with a spirit, with a little grit. That's going to face those things. And as I talked about earlier, the armor is for the front of the body. You face the hard times. You face those things that might be really hard to conquer. They might be hard to overcome. But we can in the power of God and His Holy Spirit. We are able to face those trials and come out clean, come out strong. I think the Lord sometimes allows, I don't know that he brings uh, temptations, but he said he will make a way of escape in those things. And I think for those things that really trip us up, maybe often, there, there is a window of opportunity when our mind says, I shouldn't do that. And that is your window of opportunity to say no and walk away from it. If you stay there, it's going to overcome you. So let's conquer those things. Face the trials that God may allow for our good, for our growth, and for God's glory. Many of us could talk about things that God has brought us out of. Has we've been able to conquer through his Holy Spirit, through the help of our brothers and sisters, we've been able to, with patience, run and stand up for what is right. Romans 8, 28, we're all familiar with. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, for them to who are they called according to his purpose. I think this whole picture here just merely teaches us that the Christian life is intentional. He stands strong in the Lord, and he runs his race. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Notice the wording The race that is set before us. We have it. We each have our own. I can't run in your lane. When we think of a a foot race, I think a lot of the tracks have lanes that you're supposed to stay in. If you try to run somebody else's race or get in their lane, you're probably going to stumble them up. So we need to run our own race. God has said it before us. I can't run yours. You can't run mine. We have to each run our own. However, there's a downside to that idea. I don't want to portray the idea that we don't help each other. We do. Brothers and sisters are a great encouragement to be here this morning with those that love God is an encouragement. We do run it together and yet we have to run our own race. God has given us a race to run. In 1960, there was a famous race in Canada between two great runners. The four minute mile was about to be broken and the world expected John Langley or Roger Bannister to do it. John Langley, uh, Landy I think, had been leading for the most of the race and there was only about uh, 200 yards to go. They were coming around the last corner when John Landy looked behind him to see where his opponent was And at that very moment, Roger Bannister passed him on the other side. On the outside, when he was looking inside, he lost that race, uh, being concerned with the runner of his own race. He took his eyes off the finish line and looked at his opponent, and that cost the race. Jesus said, no man putting his hand to the plow and looketh back, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Let's look forward. We're not in competition with each other. We're a team. We want to work together. We want to be a team. My job isn't to outrun you. My job is to run for Jesus, run for him hard. Of course, it's individually designed. The race you're running has been prepared just for you. The best thing you can do is run that race to the best of our God-given ability. Ecclesiastes 9.11 also talks about, and that's another verse, um, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance or opportunity happens to them all. There's also another place in Psalms 19.5 you can look up if you want to. I think that's the four places that we read about the race of life. Um, And truly, we are in a journey. We do have a journey that we need to run. And God has called us forward. I have a book I want to read in closing for our encouragement I found this, I I don't know, I can't remember where I found it. Maybe I seen it online and I got it. It says, quit, give up, you've been beaten. They shouted to me and plead. There was just too much against you now. This time you can't succeed. As I started to hang my head in front of failure's face, my downward fall is broken by the memory of a race. And hope fills my weakened will as I recall that scene, for just the thought of that short race rejuvenates my being. A children's race, young boys, young men, I remember well Excitement, sure, but also fear. It wasn't hard to tell. They all lined up so full of hope. Each thought to win that race or tie for first. Or if not that, at least take second place. And fathers watched from off the side, each cheering for his son. Each boy hoped to show his dad that he would be the one. The whistle blew, and off they went, young hearts and hopes afire. To win and be that hero there was each young boy's desire. And one boy in particular, whose dad was in the crowd, was running near the lead and thought, My dad will be so proud. But as they sped down the field... Across the shallow dip, the little boy who thought to win lost his slip, what well, lost his step and slipped. Trying hard to catch himself, his hands flew out to brace, but mid the laughter of the crowd, he fell flat on his face. So down he fell, with him hope. he couldn't win now. Embarrassed, sad, he only wished. To disappear somewhere. But as he felt his dad, but as he fell, his dad stood up and showed his anxious face, which to the boy was so clearly said, Get up and win the race. He quickly rose, no damage done, behind a bit, that's all, and ran with all his might and mind and might. To make up for his fall. So anxious to restore himself. To catch up and win. His mind went faster than his legs. He slept and fell again. He wished then that he had quit before. With only one disgrace. I'm hopeless as a runner now. I shouldn't, need, I shouldn't try the race. But in the laughing crowd. He searched and found his father's face. They steady looked, which said again, Get up and win the race. So he jumped up to try again, ten yards behind the last. If I'm to gain those yards, he thought, I've got to move really fast. Exerting everything he had, he regained eight or ten but trying so hard to catch the lead, he slipped and fell again. Defeat. He lay there silently. A tear dropped from his eye. There is no sense running anymore. Three strikes, I'm out. Why try? The will to rise had disappeared. All hope had fled away. So far behind, so... Error prone, a loser all the way. I've lost, so what's the use, he thought. I'll live with my disgrace. But then he thought about his dad, who soon he'd have to face. Get up, an echo sounded low. Get up and take your place. You were not meant for failure here. Get up and win the race. With barred will, Get up, it said, get up. You haven't lost at all, for winning is no more than this to rise each time you fall. So up he rose to run once more, and with new commit he resolved that win or lose, at least he wouldn't quit. So far behind the others now, the most he had ever been, Still, he gave it all he had and ran as though to win. Three times he had fallen, stumbling. Three times he had rose again. Too far behind to hope to win, he still ran to the end. They cheered the winning runner as he crossed the first line, the first place line. Head high, proud and happy. No falling, no disgrace. But when the fi- fallen youngster crossed the line at place, the crowd gave him the greater cheer for finishing the race. And even though he came in last, his, with his head bowed low, unproud, you know, I thought he'd won, you, you would have thought he'd run the way, race to listen to the crowd. And to his dad, he sadly said, I didn't do too well. To me you won, his father said, you rose each time you fell, and now a grown man, when things seem dark and hard and difficult to face, the memory of this little boy helps in my race, for all of life is like a race with up and downs and all, and all you have have to do to win is rise each time you fall. We also have a father who is watching intently in our race. He's very concerned. He loves us. He wants us to win, and we can. Let's give everything we've got. May God bless. Let's have a song. 430, thirty. Four thirty. thanks Vernon for what you shared this morning. I like how verse 4 says, this is, For thee delightfully employ whatever thy bounteous grace hath given, and run my course with even joy, and closely walk with thee to heaven. Let's include the amen.
1: No. Four for th-
0: Moving forward, Christ by our side. What a beautiful picture of that song. Thank you for that song. Christ by our side, he will walk with us. We can depend on it. And it's just a beautiful picture when we think about that. Of course, I think about the picture that you see where it's one track, and all of you are familiar with it probably, where he carries us rather than walking with us in those hard times. Praise be to God. Let's stand for closing prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you with thanksgiving in our heart for you, for what you have done for us, that you will walk with us, that you will see us through those hard times. Father, we pray that you would just help us to go forth in your name, that we would follow you and that we would be able to share with the world around us the great love that you have for us. Father, we pray that you would help us to depend on you. When those difficult times come, that we would be able to uh, allow you to lead us and give us direction. Father, we pray that you would go with each one, each one in their own journey of life, their own struggle maybe. I pray, Father, that you would just lift them up, give them courage, give them strength to continue. Just help them to be able to follow through and successfully come to the end of the journey when you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Father, we just pray that you would be with each one of us. May none of us miss heaven for the sin or the weight that so easily besets us. Make us strong. And help us to stand together as a team. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.